Andy, of all our talks of football and uh, and you know politics, I I forgot you'd gotten quite a bit of snow there lately. You had gotten. Um, I, I we have not gotten any snow. Uh, it's been cold. Now it's going to warm up for the next week or so. But how how was it with snow? I it, growing up, I remember like the Virginia was tough for snow. Sometimes the, you know things would shut down in yeah. North Carolina. We closed for. Uh, heavy rain sometimes <laughs> we, we're, we're, we're kind of weak up here i mean you know we had some pretty good snowfalls when i was a kid and you know we, we close if there's any threat of snow up here too um and some parts where i live in the western part of the county get pretty good snowfalls but we had a good few inches this time around and it was it was pretty cold and windy so some of that you know became pretty harsh and uh, and slick for kids but we had we had a good few inches up here although i, I don't know that the the kids took advantage of it the way that we used to take advantage of it dave well, I, I like I what I used to love is snow day, right? Like you, you'd get a snow day and like that kicked off a whole series of things. For some reason, it just was more magical. And um, you'd go outside, you'd you do, you know, you'd get with the neighbors, you try to play some uh, snow football. That yeah. that was always fun. But not um, what would you do? Grow, what would you do with that? Yeah, so, you know. As a kid, like we used to love, we did the same thing. We do snow football and snow soccer, which was impossible because the ball would go in every other direction except where you kicked it back then. But, you know, one thing we used to love to do that I don't think kids do anymore, at least not in my neck of the woods here, is, you know, we'd go out there and we'd build these like ridiculously elaborate snow forts, you know, and we'd have shells yeah. and little holes and we'd stack our snowballs. And even if there was nobody else to fight against, we'd still build those things. And then we would have snowball fights, you know, we'd be, we'd be throwing snow. And this was pretty good packing snow up here this time around. I mean, there, there was some snow you could make into a nice, you know, soft snowball. And I was walking around my neighborhood the other night, walking my, my two pups around, who one of whom enjoys the snow way too much. And I was, I was marveling the fact that I live in, I live in a, you know, a nice suburban community here and uh, you know, a fair amount of kids. I, I saw one kind of half-built snowman. I think, you know, mom and dad might have started with their kids. And then... No forts, no evidence of a good snowball fight, no evidence of good sledding. No you know, sledding? Not that I could see. I mean, I didn't walk by the main hill that we could use out here, you know, near the elementary school, but I, I didn't see, you know, the, like no evidence of kids being out there playing in the snow and, and having a really, you know, jolly old time that you try to do, at least for a day or two, usually with a good snowfall, right? I and mean, after a couple of days, you know, you kind of want to stay inside and you're, you're playing board games or video games or whatever. But that initial like excitement of going out there and playing. I didn't see any evidence of that. And I was kind of surprised. And I was thinking, man, do we, do, do we soften our kids too much? That, like they don't want to have snowball fights. They don't want to, you know, they don't want a chance hurting each other in any way or anything. I'm not sure what it was, but it was, it was I was like, this is not, I don't think the same way I would approach this back in, uh, you know, 1986. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I definitely remember all those days. Like the snow forts were always the greatest and I'd love to try to build tunnels like uh, yeah. you know connecting and different fail. and fail they they stunk most of the time right but you yeah, try yeah yeah they definitely <laughs> did and then and then you would have the you know the snowball fights across the street with the neighbor across the street or whatever or you get yeah. your buddies over but i did always love the snow football that was always a, a fun thing to do i wonder you know as i go around my neighborhood and we've got a, again probably very similar to yours we got a, like a park area here it is very rare that I see like like we used to after school, we used to go down and play um, football and, you know, you could say tag football, but it was always tackle football. And yeah. and you do things like that. And I very rarely see it. And when I do see it, I am encouraged. I am like, oh, my gosh, this is great. I wonder two things. One has just the video game culture, which it was existing at that time uh, early 
definitely early stages. I think we're getting into yeah. Nintendo, the first Nintendo 64 that came out. Um, I wonder if it's gone too far there because now you have so many interactive online games with like whether that's um, uh, whether that's I don't know Minecraft or whatever. Yeah. Um, whether that's part of it, or if we have some other parts where you know this. The, the kid who got hit with the snowball that had maybe a little piece of ice in it. And now oh, yeah, the, the, parent, the parents threaten legal uh, action on their neighbor now because of a snowball fight. I wonder if that has taken over too much in the culture. Yeah. And, and, and like some of that stuff's always been around. I mean, you know, all, all, all the, all the games and playing has, has changed a lot over the years. And, you know, the, the, the origin of my Lions fandom actually goes back to neighborhood football Back in the day, Dave, I think, and, and probably who my, my best friend at the time was a year older than me and, and knew more than me about, you know, sports and everything. So because I moved here, you know, when I was uh, around four or five years old. So he kind of like ushered me into all these cool American things. Right. And I fell in love with football early. And back then, my neighborhood football team, we play one on one, you know, football. Um, my, my team was the Lions. And I think that that started my you know, favoring the Lions back, you know, back then. And so, uh, you know, that's kind of stuff was really fun. My kids played uh, you know, street football. They play here and they play that. So I think kids still do that. But you're right, it is just it is just very different for sure. I remember one of the funniest moments as a kid, you know, we used to have a playground in the middle of our neighborhood surrounded by townhomes and, and the fences of those townhomes. And we'd go into the playground and play kickball. And you know, that was that was great, right? You just boot that ball, and the older kids could kick it so far, and the little kid just running around trying your best to keep up. And I remember we had a corner unit, um, you know, on our kickball field here, obviously. And it was an older couple, and they'd be out there grilling and enjoying themselves all the time. I remember one time the kickball flew over the fence, hit the top of their umbrella, you know, on their table while they were cooking. I just remember the, the, the gentleman, older gentleman at the time, with loud voice, and all, all the kids heard was "Jesus, Joseph, and Mary." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we were all like, we were petrified, right? We were petrified that we, we made the older man angry. But that kind of stuff was just so fun and goofy. And I, don't, I just don't know that it happens as much anymore. I think you're right. I think those, uh, those, those overzealous parents that come out and scream and you know, don't appreciate kids being kids. And, and I, we're probably all guilty of it a little bit, you know, yeah. over time yeah. looking back. But, but it, it does seem to be a little bit different today than it was back then. And on the snow, um, you know, I, I probably whined about the snow in front of my kids more than I should have and you know, helped yeah. indoctrinate them into snow hatred. Thus, my, my youngest son running to, to, to Florida for, for college. <laughs> <laughs> all good stuff. All good stuff. Well, the, Andy, that was a good trip back to the 80s for us and our, our Generation X uh, roots. So uh, let's let's go on to other things. Andy, uh, real quickly, hit on... The politics front last night was New Hampshire. Donald Trump won uh, pretty convincingly. I think he had won. The, uh, they they may have even declared before polls even opened. Uh, I think everyone pretty much is falling in line with the Trump um, nominee part. Uh, obviously, Nikki Haley's vowed to continue to fight. She's got another month until um, South Carolina, and then and then another month from there until. Um, a super Tuesday. Yeah. Obviously, she's probably very disappointed. She's not been able to make, and I think this has been the challenge. I think for many people, they just haven't been able to crack that outer Trump shell. Um, I don't think many people, if you really pin them down, really like Donald Trump, but also at the same time, they think he's the best case for the Republican Party or whatever is left of the Republican Party. So, thoughts on thoughts on New Hampshire. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll say, you know, briefly, I think I think the, the polling numbers in the end of the day, like, there's a, a bit take out. When you dig into them, you see the Republicans really did rally around you know, Donald Trump. I mean, the vast majority of Republicans voted for Donald Trump. Independents and undeclared, you know, voted uh, much stronger for Nikki Haley. I think it was like three quarters, two thirds, something like that. So, so there, you know, there's there's some things to look at in that, and you know, can that sort of you know polling keep up for her as she moves into other states? Not all of which allow open primaries, although I think all states should. But um, you know, at the end of the day, I was thinking about like the, the ten point win by Donald Trump in and of itself, like just just purely that number, without dissecting the who voted for who isn't impressive in and of itself, right? I mean, he, this is the third time that Donald Trump has run for president, right? And, and he's he's the household name worldwide. He's he's basically running as, as an incumbent for the Republican Party. And and the dynamic of Ron DeSantis, whose votes are much more aligned to Trump, dropping out the last minute, you know, like that gives Trump a boost because those voters weren't going to Nikki Haley and she wasn't running one-on-one -on -one against Donald Trump for these last, you know, two, three months and, and beyond. She was running against multiple candidates. So in that sense, like a 10% victory isn't that impressive to me in and of itself, you know? And yeah. so you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, if I'm Nikki Haley, I'm looking to say, okay, I lost by 10%, almost always I could say were Ron DeSantis votes. If they take those out, it's probably a pretty close race as some of the polls were showing, right? 40-40 going in. And so now that there's two candidates, even though the Republican party seems to be you know, coalescing around Trump uh, remarkably, like, the, the, the party should demand like legitimate debates between these two candidates at this point and say, look, there's two guys left here. You guys have to put, put it in front of the American voter and let them decide who they want to be the, the, the flag bearer here for the GOP. I think that would change things drastically. Right. I mean, I mean, she she was close in New Hampshire. I think she deserves a chance to debate with the guy. And, it, and if she does, I think that could change things a lot going into Super Tuesday. And look, Iowa, New Hampshire, you know, great, wonderful parts of the union, but they're not. North Carolina, Nevada, South Carolina, Texas, they're different states and, and, and those voters might vote differently. I don't see this as the, as the death bell for Nikki Haley unless her donors stop supporting her. I think it's interesting, but, but definitely it seems Republican you know, can't part, uh, voters for the most part you know, are, are supporting Donald Trump. And you know, again, one other thought there, the sooner you end up with a Biden-Trump uh, you know, lock for their nominations, the sooner you open it up now for third parties to look really, really appealing and start running against these two very unappealing candidates. And so I think it's a it's a blessing in a sense for, for Mr. Trump and Mr. Biden. It's also kind of dangerous because, you know, then Robert F. Kennedy and Cornell West and Jill Stein, who have libertarians nominate, and they're gonna be able to really focus on these can't be America's only two choices. And and that could that could make an impact. That could make an impact. So I, I think it's interesting. And 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 with that, Dave, I'm I'm bored of it already. Yeah, I'm 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 bored of it too. Um, we'll hear. We'll, obviously, we'll keep talking about this as we go along. I think the challenge. There's two things. One, obviously, you, you know, it's 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 amazing to hear Trump's story continue to evolve in these victory speeches that he makes because he continues to like re, not not litigate, but I I think just like make up new stuff about the 2020 election, and yeah. I you know now he's claiming like COVID had an impact and. And everything and and people do forget you know for all the things that um that trump said about covid and what people believe about the vaccine and mass mandates 
the president at the time was Donald Trump, right? I mean, all these policies, you can't run from those policies and you can't say Fauci made him do this uh, and and Fauci made him do that. So, yeah. but it, it's a tiresome act. It continues to be is, but I think people just, it, it's Teflon Tom, right? I mean, nothing sticks to him. So uh, for that, for that's the one part, but I do think, I know you're encouraged that maybe the third parties uh, have more time to come out. My my worry is, is people are just so disheartened. Nobody's going to come out to vote. I think we had record turnout last year or or last election cycle um, with both of them getting over 70 million votes um, or in that neighborhood or whatnot. I, I think this time nobody wants to vote for Biden. He's not inspiring. He hasn't really done anything. They don't have the hatred for Trump that they did in 2020. And then for on the on the Trump side, again, he'll get his base, but he's not going to get those fringe voters, I don't think, this time either, because everyone's tired of that, too. So, Andy, we've spent uh, five more minutes on this than we probably should have. So <laughs> Can I say one thing, Dave? Because you made me yeah, think. Yeah. So here's the thing. At the end of the day, like it, it, take the third parties out, because I do think they can make an impact. But let's say it's a Trump-Biden one-on-one Here's the basic thing. I think I don't know that Trump has won any voter that he didn't have before. Right. right. And that's the problem for him, because if, if you if you think about where things are and where they're probably going to be in November, you know, 2020 was was a, a, a tough time. It, it was a tough time. Like Trump might have won if not for COVID. I, I think that's possible. But but it did happen. I mean, you look back at 2020, you're like, oh, that was kind of a shitty year. I mean, it was, it was rough. Right? It was rough for everybody. 2024, the economy is doing pretty good. You know, there, there's crises around the world, but there's not really a crisis here in the U.S. I don't know that most American voters are saying, I need a major change and look back to 2020 and think, oh, yeah, those were the good old days back in 2020. And, and without that, like, galvanizing event to say, hey, we need to get rid of the guy that's in the office right now. I think those voters that maybe are, aren't decided, those three, three Americans that don't know if they're going to vote for Biden or Trump, if that's their only choice, I don't see them falling to Donald Trump. Because people don't want to usually change, you know, if, if they're okay with where things are. So I don't really think it's it's a it's a. I think I think Mr. Biden's in a better position if, if sort of the status quo continues to win. Because I think reluctant voters would probably more likely fall in his camp than they would in in Donald Trump's. That that's my that's my you know, January yeah. assessment of things. But I, I just I, I kind of again think Donald Trump has a ceiling, and unless something changes. I don't think he can surpass that. And I think, you know, for all the support he gets from the Republican Party, it's not a majority of Americans and it won't be on election day either. And that's right. And I'll stop there, Dave. I said to put that. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a fair point. I think it's a fair point. So we'll we'll see how that uh, continues to go. Uh, obviously, uh, I'm intrigued by all the action and and where this is. This election will go. Um, I, I just fundamentally can't believe we're going to have two 80 year olds uh, battling it out. Um, 10 years, 15 years past their prime. So we'll, we'll come back to that some point too, Dave, and talk about yeah. that. that, that's, that's another point to talk about there another day. Yeah. All right, Andy, let's get into our other topic here. Uh, and, and, you know, we had some fun last uh, on earlier, you know, referencing some Adam Sandler. Yes. Um, so we thought we'd do a, you know, top five Adam Sandler movies and then maybe put some sprinkle in some honorable mentions here andy when i was going through my list this was a lot harder than i thought yeah um and because he's done so many movies like he's been a ton i mean way more than i even remembered 
I, and that's the thing. He's been in so many different things, a lot more than I, and I think it's hard to like a lot of people see him now and see him for some of these, like the grown ups movies. And that's where my kids, my kids saw him. But for us, you know, it, it was like Billy Madison, happy Gilmore. It won't be surprised that those are near the top of my list. Yeah. And, um, but it, he had like uh, 50 movies before growing ups and yeah. that's the crazy part about it and and yeah. so so andy without further ado let's let, how do you want to do this you want to go five to one and then uh honorable mentions or you want to start with honorable mentions or how do you want to do it why don't we go honorable mentions five to one and i'm just going to put it out there before we even start that that i that i cheated and and I'm, i'll just say that so yeah that's i say honorable mentions five to one Okay. All right. So let's start <laughs> off. So um, how many honorable mentions did you? I, I only how, put how many honorable I, could, I could have put more, but I, I, I limited it yeah. to two. Um, and, and also, I'll, I'll just make this note before I start. Like, you know, I, I, everyone I picked except for the honorable mentions, I think, and one of my top fives, all mid-90s, late-90s movies and shows yeah. and things like that. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll note that as we go. But yeah, I think honorable mentions, I, I had two, Dave, that I put on the list. All right, so let's. Uh, I had three, so I'll, I'll go ahead and start with mine. Is I put Airheads as one of my honorable mentions. This is like before he even got big. I mean, he was still on Saturday Night Live. He had a bit role in this. He was a part like uh, Brendan Fraser was in this and a couple of other things. But like, I think that was a lot. <laughs> His role, while limited, was excellent. So I, I went with Airheads there, Andy. Yeah, he he was so funny. He, he, I mean, everything he's done, he's been so unbelievably funny. Except when he hasn't when he's tried to be serious, but he's such a funny guy. But um, I'll just give you my two real quick, Dave. I think yeah. one, I did anger management, which uh, okay. you know, was a fun one. I mean, you know, what a what a contrast of characters with him and Jack Nicholson, right? That was um, great. And then and then for the wedding singer, uh, on on having Billy Idol in the movie alone, it, it should be at least an honorable mention. But it was actually a fun movie, I thought. And uh, similar to some of his goofy characters, but a little different storyline too. You know, with Drew Barrymore and uh, Billy Idol making appearances as well. So I thought those are both good, but not enough to crack into my top five. All right, so the, the I actually had both of those in my top five. I really enjoyed those movies, but yeah. we'll, we'll talk more about those when we get to okay. them. But the, my other honorable mentions: Pixels. Um, this that is a recent. This is a recent one, but. It, for some reason, it is stupid. It's entirely it's so dumb. Yeah. But that's exactly what those movies, like Adam Sandler and Kevin James, is in that, and a couple couple other people uh, yeah. that you you'd widely recognize. So I, I really enjoy that Pixels movie. <laughs> um, and then the other one was what I mentioned on Monday: Bedtime Stories. I think that's another so, somewhat re relatively recent one, but again, another fun one. Courtney Cox is in that, um, it, it, and so. Um, it, it, uh, those are good. So I, I enjoyed those. I will rewatch those if they come on, yeah. uh, but I may not own them necessarily. All right. So Andy, uh, five to one. So let, why don't you go first? What's your number five? Number five, Dave, 1999's Big Daddy. That was, <laughs> that was just, it, it, it's such a good movie. He's such yeah. a funny character. And I thought it was, again, you know, it was a nice different version of Adam Sandler, right? I mean, same goofy character, same goofy characters that he plays, but but in a different role, different story, um, and I, th I thought it was just really fun. Good you know, good good contrast to the characters. You know, him playing a a sort of temporary dad. You know, and trying to, it, was, it was a fun sort of evolution of the character, and just a lot of funny moments in there from you know from 
from peeing on the wall to, to interactions with the, uh, you know, the old man and his old balls. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 I th that was a really good one, I thought. So that, that was my number five. He's got old balls. Um, yeah, no, that, that that's a good one. And I think that was where he started to transition a little bit more from just the pure stupid comedy to, um, which was his stick for so long, to like trying to be a little more serious, but at the same yeah. time, the same. So, all right, good good pick there. That was definitely one that I I had considered. I did 50 first dates here, Andy. And so, I, I again, I enjoyed it because it wasn't, again, that stupid comedy, but it wasn't overly serious. It, it got in with, um, you know, um, I, I can't even remember her name now. What's uh, you just mentioned? Uh, um, God, what's it? Anyways, it, um, uh, so we had we had the fifty first dates, and and again, it won't surprise you that wedding singer was also in there. Uh, Drew Barrymore for crying out loud! I don't know why. Yeah, okay, I'm, I forgot that. Was I'm doing sure. you know shit in the bed there, but I went with fifty first dates. Really enjoyed that movie. Uh, it, it I uh, what I loved about all the Adam Sandler movies is all the ways that Rob Schneider can uh, find his way to come into these movies, and you can do it. Yeah. So, <laughs> So um, I, know, I, sh I should say, you know, like th that's one that I think isn't as well known. And it's really one that I, that I skipped because I didn't see it was Uncut Gems. Because oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I heard that was really good, just never, never got to it. And so I might not appreciate him in a, in a dramatic role in that one. Right. But but 51st Eight, I think I saw it and I don't think I really I don't think really registered much on for me at the time. I think I, just, I think it was just during a busy time. I don't really remember it very well, but I have to go back and check that one out, Dave. Yeah, Andy, I'm making the thing on the fly because I realize I lift off something. So I'm going to add 50 first dates in the wedding singer just because of the Drew Barrymore combination. That's my number five there. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, we're making things up as we go here, Andy. So that's where I'm going. All right. Where, where are you going for number four? So number four was 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 a catch all for me, and I put down you know his run on Saturday Night Live from 1995. We introduced so many just hilarious moments. People forget how ridiculously funny he was on that show um that's where he introduced the hanukkah song which i'll come back to but but characters like cajun man and opera man were so stupid but so funny and i just thought you know, a lot of that became characters in his movies later in different forms but it was just like you know his his musical goofiness his just character goofiness i thought really came out and even though some people didn't like him on snl he ended up getting you know canned after that 95 season i think um, I, I thought it was hilarious and it, it was fun to watch, had me laughing. If you, if you go back now and put on, you know, Opera Man, it's still really funny. His reaction with the other cast members at that time, you mentioned Rob Schneider already. I, I thought it was really good. So I really enjoyed his SNL time and I put that as my number four. Yeah, when you talk about some of the heydays of uh, SNL and they're coming up on their big 50th anniversary here, I think next year, um, that 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 early 90s run, so many great characters, so many great personalities. It, it's like when you look back at it now, you're like, how did all these people fit in the room together? Because it's so it's so great uh, on that front. All right, Andy, I'm going to go with number four is uh, anger management. And okay. again, you get this as your honorable mention. I just enjoy it. I mean, because obviously you get uh, Marissa Tomei in there. I think that was her in there. And then uh, obviously Jack Nicholson, uh, like going round for round. And just the Jack Nicholson character was so good in that show yeah. and really pushed Ad Adam Sandler's character to a whole new level. It was it was it was awesome. And I don't see it enough on TV.
because if I did, I, w- I would stop and watch it a little bit more. But I, I went with number four, anger management there. I mean, it's just such contrasting characters. I mean, Jack Nicholson is such a powerful presence and, and dramatic actor. You, know, you never think of him sitting there across from Adam Sandler, one of the goofiest human beings alive, and, and it working so well. And it worked so well. I thought, I thought it really was a fun one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, where are you doing for three, Andy? All right, Dave, number three, you know, going to another uh, form of media here, I think, or um, you know, something that you and I, I think, sat together and laughed about and listened to many times together back in our <laughs> college days. 1996 came out on 13 of February, right? It's a little Valentine's Day gift from Adam Sandler right before Valentine's Day, 1996, when he released the What the Hell Happened to Me album. And Definitely, as I mentioned on Monday, the capstone on the album to me is the Hanukkah song. I mean, it, it's just so freaking funny. I mean, it kicks off, right? You know, David Lee Roth lights the menorah. <laughs> and, and then you've got lines like, you know, OJ Simpson, not a Jew. Right? I mean, it's just, it's just hilarious, right? The whole thing is just hilarious. It's a, it's a long list of, of, of famous Jewish, you know, personalities. So there's yeah. a couple of non-Jewish personalities. And it's just a hilarious song all around i mean I, I love that but but there's a lot more on there right there's sex for weightlifting which you and i have sat there laughing stupidly at many times there's yeah. the excited southerner and the goat i mean it's, it's just goat. a very funny album and i think I, I at one point probably inappropriately you know played that for my kids because like this is so funny and they kind of said <laughs> to me like what like this is not funny at all to me and, and but but it but it's, it's hilarious and and I, I still love it i think it's so funny so stupid fun um you know joining a cult and everything else so yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, that, that that's my number three, Dave. Nineteen ninety six is what the hell happened to me. I, I enjoyed the cult one. It, it, that I think that's the the lead uh, track on that CD, um, and so I, I I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would love to see Adam Sandler do stand up, uh, like a yeah. Netflix special or something. Hey, Andy, I'm disappointed that didn't wasn't on my list because we had so many great times there. But I'm glad you went there because that was such a great uh, CD. So many good things on there. So many good uh, a mix of songs and skits. Uh, excellent stuff when comedians still did those things. Maybe they still do. You just don't see it as much anymore. Uh, Andy, for number three, I go to the water boy. Um, This is just, I don't like talk about the references that Bobby Boucher references in like football and in and around watching sports. Like it's it's, it's unbelievable. There's so many different good scenes in here. Um, hey, water boy, you know, and all this, all that good stuff. And of course, you had Henry Winkler in it, yeah. um, who plays a character for many people who, you know, like would only reference him like growing up that he was the Fonz. And then you see right. Henry Winkler play this old man who's got self confidence issues is it, quite uh, fun. Yeah. But I enjoyed the water boy. Uh, saw that multiple times. That was probably one of the early films I introduced my kids to with Adam Sandler, and they just loved it. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll come back to Waterboy, Dave, and part of my cheat here. In just okay. But yeah, it's it's it, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. All right. We're down to the final two, Andy. Where you, uh, I, I obviously have a probably strong opinion where you're going here. So what are you doing for number two? So, I mean, I'm, I surprise you with number two here. This is where I broke from my, my 90s uh, timeline a little bit. And I, I put You Don't Mess With the Zohan. Which we came oh out of my God, yes. It, it, it's you know again it was a little bit of a different character. I mean, he still had all his goofy humor, but he also you know, had some serious-ish moments in there. Touched on sort of some of the you know like we have today, everything's got a political side, and kind of kind of you know touched on the whole Israeli-Palestinian 
conflict in, in different ways. And it's just so freaking funny though, right? From his from his giant pubic hair that he's so proud of, right? <laughs> to, to, to the whole storyline, his, his martial arts, you know, uh, mayhem. And I just thought it was, it was a fun mix of humor, action, goofiness i mean like like the whole the whole character is just such a goofy his his fascination with uh was it uh paul mitchell i think hair right? yeah yeah silky smooth i mean it just it was just so funny and and uh I, I thought it was a fun different adam sandler movie but still adam sandler you know doing what he does so well and just making you laugh while entertaining us with you know jet skis and, and fights on boats and things of that nature I, I thought it was good so i put that as my number two See, this is what I mean about like so many of his movies are so good that um, that you forget all of these ones in there. And, and Zohan was definitely one of those ones that I love. The opening sequence on that is amazing. And John Tortoro, he's awesome. Tortor, he was awesome in that. Yeah, even awesome. even had a Dave <laughs> Dave Matthews playing the white supremacist in that um, movie, which is which is quite good. Um, the hairdressing scenes are. Uh, silky yeah. smooth for sure uh okay andy i go with and i'm sure now i know where you're going well you're lumping everything <laughs> into number one here but i i go with happy gilmore uh, like it, it's without a doubt like from start to finish one of the funniest things and you can see how long that char- those characters live on because there's a twitter account with shooter mcgavin yeah. um even the actor uh chris mcdonald who plays shooter mcgavin uh, lives up to his role when people see him out there and um, meet you on the ninth hole at nine or something, you know, all those fun yeah. things uh, that went on with Happy Gilmore. And that was even he, Julie Bowen uh, was in that early all that I had an early crush on her uh, growing up, um, but she was great. Carl Weathers in so that funny. movie. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so good top to bottom. All right, Andy, where, what are you doing to wrap up for number one? Yeah, so I think, I think you saw where I was going with this, Dave, and, and this is where I, I had to cheat, right? Because was, those early movies, they were all kind of the same movie, right? Just variations of, 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 of bigger themes, but they're all such similar characters, but all distinct, you know, as well. And so I, I kind of mashed together that collection of mid-90s movies. Look, 1995, Billy Madison, 1996, Happy Gilmore, 1998, The Waterboy. Those yeah. are three Adam Sandler classics. And I thought rather than list them out as one, two, three, because I don't know which one I do, one, two, or three, to be honest. I just put them together sort of that mid-90s, just a hilarious run, you know, a triumvirate of movies there. Um, and they're all just, they're, they're great. I mean, I, even last night I was, I was texting with one of my sons and made a Billy Madison reference. It, they're just, they're so funny, so good. Adam Sandler is being, to me, you know, his best, right? Hilarious, a little bit of, Dramatic acting. Mean, he's a good actor. Right? I mean, he's he's a good yeah. actor, but he's such a funny actor, and and funny in what he says, funny in how he says it, funny in his physicality, and and there's just that that part of him that's such a a good teenage boy that makes stupid human you know teenage boy jokes that that every guy finds funny. Maybe some females find funny. Maybe some think this is stupid teenage humor, and they're right. And that's what makes it great. Right when he's going through the scene of putting every object he can find between his legs. And, and simulating it being his, 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 his cock and balls. Like it's hilarious. It's hilarious. He's just so funny. And so I put, I put those three together as Adam Sandler at his very best in that mid nineties run without Billy Mass and happy Gilmore and Waterboy. Yeah. I, I will tell you that Billy Madison, I mean, Billy Madison for me was like what started it all for, I mean, there's just so many different ways that you can go there. And again, another one of these, 
Like I, I don't disagree with the way you did it because from start to finish on all three of those movies are, are it's just nonstop. And yeah. like, think about all the references that we make these days on, on Billy Madison, the penguin scenes on Billy Madison. So that Billy Madison is my number one, yeah. but like the, 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 the penguin scene, um, it's too damn hot for a penguin to be just walking around here. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff is just, it, it, it's amazing. So, uh, Andy, this was a lot of fun. I enjoyed doing this. Uh, we'll definitely have to do it for some other things. I know we've got some Arnold stuff coming up. We probably could go through some YouTube um, and, and a bunch of other things for sure. Maybe we should do like an action movies, like gratuitous action movie. Uh, so movie. hard. So hard. <laughs> <laughs> so um all right andy well we'll wrap up uh this uh, this podcast for this day we've got to look forward to friday where we can get a check-in on where you're at with uh, the sports uh but a lot of fun doing this with you andy and uh we'll catch up with you next time